Today we turn our attention to Megillas Esther Peretes. Moving quickly toward the conclusion of the dramatic story. Now finally the twelfth month of Ador comes around. On the thirteenth day. The very day the very day in which the original documents which were circulated by the king fixed this day as the day for his decree to be done. On the day in which the Jewish enemies hoped, anticipated, dominating them, on that very day, everything was the opposite. Everything was topsy-turvy, inverted. The Jewish people were able to dominate their enemies. On that day, the Jews gathered in their cities throughout the provinces of the king Ahasuerus and they were able to defend themselves to attack those who sought to do them evil no one stood up against them no one resisted them because their fear the fear of the Jewish people was now upon all of the nations. Medrash Rabbo says, Andraionus Kesar Omadol Rabbi Yeshua. Hadrian, the Caesar, said to Rabbi Yeshua, Gedoilo hakivso sheer medes ben shivim ze'evim. How great is that sheep who can survive among 70 wolves? Omalo. Rabbi Yeshua answered him, Godol hu horoe, great is the shepherd, Shemat Silo, Vishovron Lifnehem, who saves that sheep and breaks the seventy wolves. Hadohu Dirsiv, and upon this Rabbi Yeshua applies the Posuk in Yeshaya Nundaled, called Keli Yotzer Olecho Lo Yitzloch. Whatever weapons there are fashioned against you will not succeed. No one stands up to the Jewish people. All of the princes and ministers and governors, all of the king's laborers, they elevate, they extol the Jews. Because the fear of Mordechai has fallen upon them. Mordechai has become great in the king's court. His reputation has spread throughout all the provinces. Because Mordechai, the man, has become a greater and greater. The Medrash Precious Rabbi comments, There are four 
whose reputation spread throughout the world, Avraham and Yoshua, David and Mordechai. Of Avraham, the Pesach says, His reputation is established by God's brocha. He will be made into a great nation. Yotzulo monitin, expression of Talmudic or Midrashic expression, Yotzulo monitin, coins went out. Coins were minted throughout the provinces, throughout the world, which carried the emblems of Avraham Avinu. What were those emblems? Umahomonitin shalom. What did the coin of Avraham, what did it resemble? <coughs> Avram's coin had on one side a old man and old woman, and on another side young man and young woman. Avram and Sarah, old but young. Yoshua, for success, Yoshua, capital Vova, Hoya, Hashem, Yoshua, Vayihi, Shoma, O, Behold, Oretz. Yoshua's reputation spread throughout the land, and he too had Monitin. He too had a coin minted after him. And what were the emblems on that coin? Shor mikan ur'aim mikan. A ox on one side and a, um, a re'aim, animal called re'aim, on the other side. Al shame, because of the posuk which speaks about Yosef, the Pesach is applied to Yoshua, the general, Aks Re'em. David, the Pesach says, in Divrei Hayomim Aleph, Kapitel Yudalet, Vayetze Shem David, Becholo Aratzos, Vahashem Nosan Pachto, Alkol Hagoyim, David too had an international reputation, and he too had monitin. What were his monitin? Makel v'tamel mikan, a staff and a little um, knapsack, little pouch, the pouch in which he kept his slingshot and his bows, his origins, the first story about David. Those were the emblems on one side of the coin and the emblem of the other coin, <coughs> On the other side of the coin was the Migdal, the Tower of David. Shirashirim, capital Dalid, Kemigdal David Tzavorech. Now we come to Mordechai. The Pesach we just read, Ki Gadol Mordechai Beveitz HaMelech Vishama Holech Bechol HaMedinos. Mordechai too had his reputation spread throughout the world. What was Mordechai's mint like? What was his monitin? What does his coin resemble? On the one side with the sackcloth and the ashes, on the other side of the coin, a teres zohov mikan, a golden crown, Mordechai's low point, Mordechai's high point. The Apostle continues, The Jews were able to smite their enemies, a blow of the sword of Killing and destroying and they were able to do to their enemies as they wished. And in Shushan, the Yehudim were able to kill Chamesh Meos Ish 
500 people. The Al-Sheikh explaining what, why the Jews were so, quote, murderous, writes, not that it means the Jews did to the enemies as the Jews wished to do to their enemies, but rather the Jews did to their enemies they did to the enemies what the enemies wished to do to them like they're the enemies Ratzon Al-Sheikh of course, the Targum simply says, They killed 500 people. All of these people, They were all uh, captains in the army of Amalek. They weren't killing citizens. They weren't killing innocents. They were killing their enemies. As we know, the Gemara says this, Shechorach Paskins, that one has to read the following ten names of Haman in one breath. This is a way of demonstrating that they were all killed with one fell swoop. So the Gemara says, V'kulu bahade hadodi nafchi nishmosahu. And so we have the ten names of Haman, Chamesh, Meosish, V'yais Parshandoso, V'yais Dalvon, V'yais Asposo, the ten sons of Haman, the enemy of the Jewish people were killed and the Jewish people did not take from the booty. These uh, names of Haman are listed are written in the Megillah. If you look in the Megillah, you will see as two columns. On one column, you have the names of each of the sons. Pashandoso under his name, Dalfon under his name, Asposo, etc. And the word ace, the connective word between the names, is on another column. Another column reads, looking downwards, V'yais, 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 until Aseris. The Megillah says, Except for this shiro, this song, the song of the downfall of the ten, ki- ten sons of Ammon, and the list of the Malche Canaan and Sefer Yehoshua, Shehein Oriach al Gabi Oriach Uleveno al Gabi Uleveno. There, there is brick on top of brick and empty space on top of empty space. That's how it's written. Meaning, when they fall, they fall forever. They did not take from the booty. Rav Bachrach writes, Three times. The Pasuk repeats and says that the Jews did not take from the booty. Mordechai wrote that the Jewish loot, the, 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 the possessions of the Jews were to be taken by their enemies. Rashi explained, Why did Mordechai write to Shalom Lavoz that the original scheme of Haman was that the Jews' possessions should 
be looted. Mishum shekach nichta borishonos, avolheim lo osuzos, sheheru lakol shelo naasa v'shem mamon. The Jewish people did not do what the Goyim wished to do until them, and they did not take from the loot. And a sefer called Binyan Ariel from the Rapshol Me Amsterdam comments on the bows by refraining from taking from the booty. Niskavnu asher pogmu the Jewish people tried to demonstrate, to fix, to remedy the sin that they did in the war of Amalek in the time of Shoal. There the Posik says, Shmuel Aleph, Kapitel Tesvo, Posikutes, Vataat el Hasholol, Vataas Horabi, Hashem. That the Jews swarmed over the looty, over the, over the booty, and looted, and this was bad in the eyes of God. And notice, the words uvabizo lo sholchu es vov lamen shin aleph are the roshet tevos of the name shaul uvabizo lo sholchu es is a reference back to shaul they were remedying the sin of the Jewish people who did loot at the time of shaul and the psukim go on. On that day, the count of those killed in Shushan came before the king. The Jewish people, I see, said the Melech HaKashverosh to Esther HaMalka have killed 500 people and the 10 B'nai Homon and who knows what they did in the other provinces now Esther what more do you want and it will be granted Esther said if it is pleasing with the king let us do again just the people in Shushan to do again as we did today, let us do again tomorrow on the 14th of Ador, as we did today on the 13th. And the ten sons of Haman, let, that be hung, let them be hung upon the gallows. Indeed, the king decreed that it should be done as she requested. On the 14th day of Adar, another day of taking revenge, and that was done in Shushan by the Jews of Shushan. And they killed 300 people that day, 300 enemies, and again, but did not take from the booty. Throughout the provinces, all the other Jews gathered together, stood up for themselves, defended upon them, themselves, they were victorious over their enemies, and killed among their enemies 75,000 enemies, and did not touch the loot. They did this in the 13th day and they rested 
celebrated on the 14th day and they made that 14th day a day of feasting and rejoicing. And the Jews in Yehudim, the Jews in Shishushan, they gathered and they fought on the 13th and the 14th and they rested and celebrated the Noach on the 15th day Shushan Purim they made day 15 of Ador a day of feasting and rejoicing therefore those Jews who lived who live anywhere in the world in open cities in lesser cities they make day 14 a day of notice of simcha of rejoicing of mishte of feasting tov, a holiday and a day of sending gifts one person to another So Esther asked for another day. Asks the Maharal in his Sefer Or Chodosh V'yesh L'shol. One can ask the question, Loma lo histapka Esther v'mashahoyo lo yom yiv gimel b'shushan? Why wasn't it enough to have day 13? Why did the Jews of Shushan need a 14th day? Li yire lo ma'api apshat. The Maharal says, it seems to me simply. Ki Esther yodo ki nish'aru sonim la'yehudim b'shushan asher lo yochlu kalosom b'yom echod. She knew that in Shushan there were enemies who could not be um, eliminated in one day. Enemies of great power, enemies who had secret uh, hiding places. That's a simple reason. But one can give another reason. And this is the main reason, says the Maharal. And that is, This miracle was a thorough going, complete Conclusive And therefore, because this nace was a complete nace, it had to be celebrated on a day when there was a full moon. It had to be the light of the full moon. Because the moon had to be complete to reflect the completeness of the victory. Pesach, Sukkos, Ayamim Tovim, and are on the 15th of the month, the night of the full moon. Shruos is different, it's linked to Pesach. But Esther wanted to have Purim, Har Purim, Shushan Purim, fall on the 15th day, the full moon, to reflect the fullness of the nace. And of course we know what the Yerushalmi says at the very, very beginning in Meseches Megillah. Those cities which have walls around them, and the walls can be traced back to the time of Yehoshua bin Nun, they read like in Shushan on the 15th day of Ador. Kephorim v'ayoros, smaller villages, larger cities, Korin v'yarbo also, read on the 14th. Why? Why do we say that it depends upon the walls of Yehoshua ben Nun? Not, why not the walls that were walled at the time of Shushan? Answers the Yerushalmi is quoted by the Ran in the beginning of Meseches Megillah. Rabbi Simon b'shem Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, chilek kovod li'eretz Yisroel. 
the halacha, the Mishnah is giving a sign of deference to the land of Israel. At this time, the time of this story, it's lying there desolate in ruins. So celebrating the 15th of Ador is done in those cities which can go back with their and, and, and trace the existence of their walls around them to the time of Yehoshua ben Nun, to the time of the first settlement of the land of Eretz Yisroel. And the Psukim continue. Mordechai wrote all this down and sent books and scrolls to the Jews throughout the land of Achashverosh, near and far. And he asked in these books that the Jewish people accept upon themselves to make the 14th of Adar and the 15th of Adar every single year henceforth, from then until today, as a special day, as the day this particular year when the Jews were victorious over their enemies. And to celebrate that day, and to celebrate the day which was transformed from a day of agony to a day of joy, from a day of mourning to a day of celebration. To make those days, days of feasting and joy and of sending gifts one person to another. And Mordechai added, and to give gifts to the poor. The Jewish people accepted them upon themselves to do exactly as they did it that year of their own accord and in accordance to that which Mordechai had written to them. Because, let us review, the Jewish, the enemy of the Jews, planned to wipe out the Jews, and he cast lots for a day in which to do them in. But when things came before the king, the king had it transformed. Different. It was now Homan's machshava which fell upon his own head. Because of these lots, this day was called Purim. Al Shem Hapur. Because of everything we read in this story, the Jews established upon themselves, accepted upon themselves, and upon their seed, upon their descendants, upon all those attached to them, no exceptions, to make these two days, day 14, day 15 of Ador, as was written in their appropriate time each and every year. And indeed, those days 
were remembered and are celebrated dor vador in each and every generation mishpocha mishpocha on each and every family medino medino on each and every province v'yir v'yir in each and every city these Purim days will never ever be forgotten by the Jewish people the memory of these days will never be um, uh, taken away erased from their uh, memory Rav Bachrach writes this was not a, a, a victory celebration. All they wanted was peace. And that's why it says again and again, That's why day 13, the day of actual war, that's not a, a, a perpetual holiday. But rather the day 14, the day of a Noach And similarly in Shushan, the holiday is not day 13, day 14 when there was war and victory, but rather on day 15, when, when there was Menucha. It is the Menucha that is being celebrated, not the um, actual blood, the actual military victory. The Rambam writes in a very important passage, Mordechai added in his ksav, and his decree, that the celebration should include not only joy and feasting, and not even only gifts to each other, but also matonos lorevionim, gifts to the poor. And the Rambam writes in Hilchas Megillah, Perik Beis, Halochos Tezayin, V'yud Zayin, V'chayev L'chalek L'aniyim B'meyapurim. One has to distribute goods, food, to the poor people on the days of Purim. And not to less than two of the poor. And one gives to each of them a gift, money, some food, cooked food, raw food, matonos two gifts to two aniyim. One should not be stingy. That's not the kind of thing you do on a budget. I'll spend exactly this money on Purim. That's the way it goes. Whoever asks, you give. The money given to the poor on Purim cannot be used for any other charity. It has to be given straight to the poor. And says the Rambam, you have lots of things to do on Purim. You have feasting to do and drinking to do, joy, rejoicing to do, gifts to give, and donations to the poor. Better spend most of it on gifts and donations to the poor. Better give gift to the poor than having a big feast for yourself or even than giving gifts to your friends. There is no greater and more beautiful simcha than giving to the poor, than making the poor happy. There is no greater, sim- no greater simcha than making the poor, the downtrodden, the orphan, the widow happy. A person who brings joy to the hearts of the unfortunate. That person is to be compared, right, the Rambam, to the Shechina itself. 
As the Posik says in Yeshaya, Kapitel Nun Zayin, Lahachayos Ruach Shifolim, Ulahachayos Leiv Nitkoim. It is God who revives the spirit of the lowly and who revives the spirit of the oppressed. <coughs> Yerushalmi says, what's the meaning of Nizkorim v'na'asim? Nizkorim b'kriya v'na'asim b'suda. They are remembered in the reading of the Megillah and they are done, they are actualized, they are performed in the feasting. The Gemara Megillah says too, what's the meaning of Mishpocho, Mishpocho? L'lameid al Mishpocho sakuhuna v'halaviyo shemevatlina v'odasom uboyim lishmoa mikro Megillah. All families... Even the Kohanim who are busy serving in the Beis Hamikdash, even Leviim who are busy singing and serving in the Beis Hamikdash, they all stop their work and come to listen to Megillah. The Megillah has to be celebrated mishpocha u mishpocha by all families. And finally, v'zichrom lo Yosuf mizarom says the Yerushalmi melamed Megillas Esther lo olam motibotel. Never will the Megillas Esther become outdated. V'zichrom lo Yosuf mizarom, and finally the concluding psukim of Perek Tes. V'atichtov Esther Malka v'asavichai lo Mordechai Hayudi es Kol Tokef lekayem esigeres hapurim hazos hashenis. They wrote and they reinforced and they underlined and they instituted and they made permanent this letter, the second letter. They sent out missives to all the Jews in all 127 provinces of the kingdom of the kingdom of Achashverosh, words of peace and words of truth. To establish these Purim days, on those times, 14th, 15th of Ador. They established to do this, to redo it each generation, generation after generation, as the Jews did in those times. The, the, the matters of the fasts, the crying, the prayers. This was written down for all time and eternity. Rabachrach quotes the Sefer. The Sefer is not familiar to me. Rabachrach quotes the Bechiras Avrohom, who points out that if you notice in Potsikhov test, the word Vatichtov Esther, and Esther she wrote, the Tov of Vatichtov is written larger than the other letters in the Megillah. Says the Sefer Bechiras Avrohom Remez Lamasha Omru Chazal. This is to hint at that which Chazal said. Esther Sof Kol Hanisim The end of all the miracles written about in scriptures. All the miracles which we in Nachyomi have been studying from the time of Yeshua on. All those miracles stopped with this one. This is the last of the miracles. Bahatov, that's the tough in Pasikhoftes. Bahatov Harehu Sof for Aleph Bays. The tough is the end of the Aleph Bays. Here we come to the end of the scriptural miracles, of the miracles of Nevi'im Ukisuvim. And so we come to the end of chapter nine, and we will meet Hashem tomorrow, turn our attention to the concluding and final chapter of Megillas Esther, chapter ten.